0: Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from theRinger.com, is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber. Blow it up. A.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, a.k.a. Dragon Ball O'Connor. Hello, what up? Kevon. <laughs> uh Chris, what's going on? I don't have any nicknames for you today. What's going on, for, man? For all of our <laughs> listeners out there, there was uh, after our last episode last Tuesday, I was inundated with the photos of Dragon Ball Z and your <laughs> reference from Dragon Ball Z. And in addition to that, I will say that I uh, think uh, the flattery continued with people that were hitting us up that had listened to the podcast worldwide. Once we shouted out, it all started with, I believe it was Galway, uh, Galway Ireland. And then we, we just mentioned that in passing. And then now everybody that's uh, hitting us up from all over the world in this last week, we have gotten uh, Sydney, Australia. We've gotten Luxembourg. We've gotten Switzerland. We've gotten Chile. We've gotten Thailand. We've gotten Israel. We've gotten, uh, let's see, where, where else we got? Uh, Glasgow, Scotland, Poland, um, all over. I mean, ton, tons of them. I, and I'm, I'm going to leave some out. New Zealand, I know, hit us up. Uh, but there's a bunch. So uh, very appreciative for those of you that are not United States uh uh, in the United States proper, that are listening to us, wherever you may be listening, I that was we just said that in passing because we thought it was cool. There were some guys were listening in Ireland, and and then the you know like it's like every week it's getting now it's getting ridiculous. I I really cannot believe it, <laughs> but it's crazy, man. Basketball's worldwide certainly cool. Love it. Um, okay, so let's start with the big news, which is, Hoodie Mello, Carmelo Anthony was at Media Day yesterday, and he was at the Oklahoma City Media Day because he is now a member of the Thunder. On Saturday, I was at a uh, college football party where they had games on um, like a cookout of sorts, and there was all kinds of games going on, whatever. And so I I was just i was kind of focused on the football games, whatever. My phone starts going off. uh, My friends are all texting me, and then I see... Uh, and then I'm at the party and immediately somebody says, yo, did you just see Carmelo's on the thunder? And my immediate reaction was for who? And of course I was disappointed when I heard about the return, because the first thing that ran through my mind is like, who, how did they get Carmelo Anthony? And what did they give up? This is clearly, uh, an amazing moment for Sam Presti. Take me through, uh. Where you were on Saturday and the level of surprise you had when you realized Carmelo Anthony's going to be playing for the Thunder this year. Uh,
1: so like I, I think personally, Chris, the trade return is probably better than what the Pacers got for Paul George. Uh, it's still not a great return, but it's probably better than that. Um, which is kind of saying a lot. I, I think, I think that Bolts pick the uh, second round, twenty eighteen. They're getting from the bulls. I think that could be a good pick. That could be number 31. That can get you a really good player. Um, So that's a, that's a solid return from them. Doug McDermott, obviously like he is just really, 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 really bad on defense. But he's still only 25, 26 years old. He can stroke threes. Let's give him the rest of his rookie contract to see how he does. I'm, I'm less optimistic about him than I was at the draft, um, but I still like to give him more time. And Cantor, I mean, everybody knows Ennis Cantor and his game. Um, really, it's it's he would be probably a good offensive player if he could shoot three, but he can't. Um, so he hurts your spacing. And I, I don't really love the dynamic with him next to Chris Porzingis. But look, like, the main thing here is that for the Knicks, they wash their hands of Melo, and they can now focus on player development. And for the Oklahoma City Thunder, it's a no-risk acquisition, just like the Paul George trade. They got two superstar scorers who really they didn't give up a whole lot, and now they have an opportunity to maybe go toe-to-toe with the Warriors. I don't think that they're on that level, but at least they have more of a shot now than they did before these deals.
0: I think we, do, we, we part ways on the whole what they got in return. I would – I would much rather have, and I know the contract's not good, but as a player, I w- there is a big gap between
1: Oladipo and the others. For me, I would rather have. Yeah, I would yeah, but much. But you're, rather- you're right. You got to factor in the contract though. Four years, eighty-four million dollars. Like the money, the money can't be overlooked. And and that's that's like what really hurts his value for me. Like that's what makes him a negative. Is that contract? Like that's that's a joke that they even got that money. But at least he's. But at least
0: all right. um, Let me defend a little bit. A, I think Oladipo can be better than what we have seen thus far. And number two, he is a starter who can play big minutes and. If I do happen to, and I know the Pacers are not going to be some kind of playoff contender. That being said, if I do get into the playoffs, there's no scenario in which I can't have Oladipo on the court. Whereas, Canther's contract sucks, too, and he is rendered totally useless at the highest levels. So, to me, Oladipo has, like, like, he still has value, like... Every every contract is immovable. We live in a world where we once saw Joe Johnson get traded and, and everybody thought you'd never be able to trade that, and we've seen all manner of contracts get it, getting traded in the past. To me, at least Oladipo is a guy that could log big, big minutes and is useful no matter the scenario. Um, so he could, you know, I would think there's, there's still going to be teams that would want that or need that. Um, Whereas to me, Cantor, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I just can't get out of my mind. Billy Donovan, that when they when they zoomed in and during the playoffs and uh, and he turns to the guy and he says, can't play him. We cannot play him. You know, because isn't
1: isn't, isn't like, isn't that like almost just like who in some ways, if you're the Knicks, it's like, who cares about Cantor? He's just got two years left. The real, the real interesting part here is like Carmelo is going to go from the number one guy to the number three guy, probably um, like over the course of the full season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he's not going to be number three, he's going to be number two. So, I mean, that's, that's the big fascinating change that's going to happen here is Carmelo. in, In my opinion, there's there's risk in that maybe he won't be able to adjust to that role. He's had like a usage rate of over 28, I think I believe every year of his career, which is a remarkable feat um, for him. So he's gonna have to adjust and kind of not necessarily getting all the shots that's still going to be russell westbrook i think so carmelo is going to have to make a big adjustment and that could really help him because he's an excellent spot up shooter um i think you could see him maybe put a little bit more effort into other areas of his game instead of isolation scoring but at the same time there's no guarantees that that adjustment comes seamlessly for him because it's such a big move but we've seen the signs of it before when he's played with other great players when he's played um with, with Chauncey Billups, when he's played with great point guards, he's been better in those seasons, um, but at the same time, there's still an element of risk where this could not work at all. Like, this could be disastrous, but I'm excited for it, Chris. I don't know how you're feeling about that that, um, that um, big three. Oh, I'm really excited
0: to see how it plays out. So, you know, somebody has to sacrifice big time. Um, clearly, when we saw this in Miami, um, Bosch is the one. Bosh is the one that sacrificed, I think, the most. I think that's fair to say. Wouldn't you agree? Bosh is the one that sacrificed the yeah. most. So, okay. So yeah, but he who, could contribute in other areas, though. Okay, but I'm saying. Whereas Camelo really can. Who's the Bosh in this scenario? That's what I'm saying. And, and I think it's fair to say, long ago, uh, Ray Allen, I think, was probably the guy. You know, his, his numbers could have been higher if he, if he were playing elsewhere. But he went and joined on with Pierce and Garnett, and so somebody has to somebody has to be able to fall into the background. We have seen Bosch do it. We have seen we saw Kevin Love do it. Um, we have seen I think you know previously it was uh, it was Kevin Durant, uh, or I'm sorry, not Kevin Durant, uh, 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 Clay Thompson. Right, he's kind of the guy that you think could probably have more. We saw James Harden do it uh, in his first stint when he was with Oklahoma City. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Kyrie and Hayward and Horford, Um, you know, Parker, Parker, uh, Ginobili and Duncan. I think it stands to reason that Ginobili's numbers could have been way bigger if you were played in a different scenario. Um, So the point is somebody has to sacrifice it. somebody's numbers take a big hit. Um, You hope their efficiency doesn't take a big hit, but they've got to fall back a little bit. And I think that is the, it seems to me that George would be more likely to be that guy than Carmelo. Um but I don't know. Do, and we do, do you know- feel that
1: way because he he's kind of because he hasn't like necessarily always asserted himself as that guy in the past, so like naturally he from a I guess like from like a psychological perspective he might be got the guy to take that back seat like is that kind of your your reasoning there because I think a lot of people will hear that and say well no Paul George is a better player than Carmelo Anthony which he is but I I think I think what you're saying is that just from his personality he might yes. take that back seat he
0: has he has less of that alpha personality I don't think there's any doubt about that now it could be I, I think, that's I mean? fair. People I think that's say, fair people could say people could say it's um, misguided misguided for uh, Carmelo, that he should have been more of a team guy, whatever. But Carmelo is more of the "I'm the man" kind of guy. Again, everybody can be forced to be the man when they are clearly the best guy on the team. Like we saw with Bosch. Bosch's numbers were uh, fantastic in Toronto. Um, I mean, his team wasn't winning on on the highest level, but his numbers were great. But and he and he wasn't some kind of radically different player when he went to Miami, but he had to play a role. He had to kind of figure out how to be with those other two guys. And so, yeah, I think personality-wise, I could see it. I, I feel it's much more likely that George would be the guy that would assimilate more so than Carmelo. And if they don't, if neither of them do, that's when it becomes a problem. I mean, I was thinking about this the other night. Once upon a time, there was a cover of a Sports Illustrated where it was like, This is going to be fun. And every media member and everybody in the free world picked the Lakers once they assembled Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, and Dwight Howard, everybody. And that was a disaster. I don't, I think that's the only one though, that I can think of that was three. What we thought at the time were great, great players lock uh, joining up together and then it becoming an unmitigated disaster, right? Like obviously that stands out because it was the cover Sports Illustrated and it was a premier franchise and whatever else. Um, So we haven't seen one that that has rendered horrible results. Most of these teams have figured it out, whether it was Miami or LeBron, when he went to the Cavs or Boston with the the Garnett, uh, Pierce, Allen. Um, Most of the big three stuff has worked out so far. When they've thrown the guys together and they've just kind of figured it out, um, can you think of any others? Like I can't think of any others
1: that were like. Uh, I, I was just, I was just thinking while you were talking, Chris, yeah. uh, about the Thunder big three, and and I think I think this team is going to be good in the in the regular season, right? Like they were going to be good with Melo, they're going to be good without Melo. It doesn't really matter. Like the team's going to be good with Westbrook and Paul George really leading the way. The, the question is, is like. How does this dynamic evolve and how do they learn to adapt to each other, like in those playoff situations? I mean, for Carmelo, like in the past, like I think back to Nuggets, Lakers, I don't know what year it was, 09, something like that, um, where Carmelo was playing defense and he was still scoring at a high level. Can Carmelo do that at this age? Like can, when the Thunder make the playoffs and they're in a playoff series. Can those guys play two way basketball? Can Can Russell Westbrook step it up on the defensive end if he's taking a little bit less of an offensive load? Can Carmelo in that third star role, second star role, whatever it is that he gets, can he step it up on the defensive end of the floor? Because I think, I think this could be like a defining year for Carmelo Anthony. I mean, his legacy has been, I guess, tarnished in some ways after you know a failed stint in New York where they really didn't do anything in the playoffs at all. So can Carmelo? Kind of changed perception of him. Like, here's what I can do when I'm around great players. Because what what I wrote about on the Ringer this week was Team USA. Mello was very, very good. The the version we saw there when he's surrounded by great players is someone who's just like. Hitting spot up threes, attacking off of closeouts, even doing a little bit more playmaking, um, more so than just ball, stopping the ball and really just iso 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 that that style we see in the NBA from him. C- can he do that? I mean, at his age, can he make that change by April or into May and it may, maybe into June? Which I don't think that it's going to happen, but I-, I don't know. I mean, that 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 to me is like. The, the the difficulty I have with this because they're gonna be good in the regular season. Like I don't even I don't even think that's like a concern at all. It's about how good will they be by April.
0: And it's interesting because you think about what is your crunch time five, you know, because that's what we always talk about when we're talking about these big games, these big series, when it matters most, it's nip tucked down the stretch. Um you would imagine that there's going to be a lot of times where those three are going to be flanked with because of what you brought up, the defensive stuff they're going to be flanked with Roberson and they're going to be flanked with Patrick Patterson or maybe and yeah. that's if everybody goes small, yep. right? I would
1: think Roberson's that your center, he's yeah. like your center there. He's like, well, he is that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Patterson's your center and right. Roberson's your, your perimeter guy that can really, yeah. um, you know, uh, no, no, counsel, I, I mean,
1: like, I mean, like Patterson can space Roberson can't. So, like, you could you could put Roberson, like, on the baseline and Patterson can be your floor space so on defense. It's like the opposite. But on the offensive end, like Roberson can operate as like your your center because he can't space the floor. For well, and the, shit. Other thing, like nobody, the other thing i say cares is about him. you do need guys that don't need shots to
0: be effective when you are putting that together. Right. When you're putting that together and sometimes if it's two great players, you got to worry about the other three that are flanking them. And if it's three great players, those two other guys have got to be able to be role players. Right. Somebody is not going to be getting shots. And they actually do have perfect guys for that scenario, which are a Patterson, uh, right, that could be efficient. But more importantly, Roberson and Steven Adams like if they don't get the ball it's not a big deal right they just play a role and somebody's got to be able to play a role on these teams um and they've kind of got guys that will like those other three I know that I know that there's going to be uh you know a fight for shots but there still are especially with the pace that you play a lot of shots a game and those other two like if they take Five or six shots in a game, and that may be even high. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like they're and there's going to be, and and you look up and down their team, And this is by virtue of obviously spending the money on three great players. This is not deep. Like there's nobody on the bench that you go, wow, he should really be playing more, right? So there's going to be moments where they pull out Westbrook. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's been horrible when they pulled out Westbrook. They've been dead to rights. But you better believe they'll pull Westbrook and George out, and Carmelo will just be taking every damn shot playing with the second unit guys. I mean, they'll mix and match that for sure uh, with the second unit. And so... I don't know. I think on that sense, it works for sure. And I also kind of like Th- that's what could help you yeah, know, in the, some ways. The, like if, yeah. you, if
1: you're staggering these guys, and you got Carmelo feasting on second units. I mean, that that that's pretty appealing. Uh, I, I, you're right though. Like they don't have a lot else coming off their bench. <laughs> I mean, Kyler Singler could be playing minutes. Ra- Raymond Felton is at least an upgrade over uh, Kristen. Yeah. Um, Abreens is gonna to have to step up got a rookie in terrence ferguson who i don't think i don't think he's close to ready to play or contribute I, I think he's going to be solid down the line but he's not ready now jeremy grant maybe he makes progress but not a lot of depth on that team really not really not at all i mean you're going to be asking a lot of one of your your third star uh, carmelo or paul george to really be elevating those bench units once we saw lebron wade and bosch Uh, work out the way that it
0: did and obviously garnett pierce and allen and we saw with uh kyrie and lebron and kevin love and we've seen so many of these work out that that my my sense is usually these are great players it's a great problem to have and they'll figure it out and i do think that george is the meeker uh of the three uh, the meekest of the three individuals and that is not a that i'm not saying that as a slight i'm saying if i have to predict who kind of falls back he has to be the kevin love that sacrifices he has to be the chris bosh that sacrifices because i don't know if mellows the guy that has that in him um like you see yesterday when they when it was uh, one of the great moments of the press conference was when they asked him about uh they asked carmelo about you know kind of Playing power forward or possibly coming off the bench, and he started laughing at the yeah. guy. He's like, "Who me? Like I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? like I mean, we don't have to worry he's, about wh- he's where gonna, he is status he's within the, the league,
1: right?" <laughs> um, yeah. and so he, and he's not going to come off the bench. That, I'll tell you. So let weird. me tell you.
0: Let me tell you a fascinating one. After I started thinking so much about this big three and how it meshes and kind of how you build the team and who the others are with you, um. Yesterday, we finally got word, because all these teams were doing their media day, we kind of got a timeline on Isaiah Thomas. And this is something that I, uh, I didn't really know. I just didn't know the answer of, of when Thomas was coming back. Um, and I did not know it was going to be as long as it is. But they basically gave the timeline of January, so the first two and a half months of the season. And of these, quote, big threes, you'd imagine it would be him uh, LeBron in love now, right instead of him Kyrie and or uh, Lebron Kyrie in love um that's the one that's really hard to meld. Wojnowski is is reporting that wade's going to sign up with Cleveland more than likely, and it could be done very soon by tomorrow. Um, but I mean, I think the type of player Isaiah is and the way he has functioned, he is not one that I think will just easily assimilate into a team that's already been playing together as a unit for two and a half months. Right. Um, That one could be a little odd when you're trying to a put together a new group of really great players together and be like going to be doing it on the fly in January with a, with a team that's already used to functioning the way they function. Don't you see that? I mean, you you're, you're more of a Thomas expert than I.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree, Chris, that, you know, it's going to be tough to really, really, Put him into the system midseason and have him learn the habits of LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all his new teammates. But you know, at the same time, I'm like, this is this is kind of like a cop out answer for for me. But it's like all it matters for that team is that they have it by April. So I mean, for J- maybe coming back in January gives them enough time to work things out. Then they have the All Star break to have like a have time to really get practice time in together. So may- maybe it can work out. Um, for Isaiah Thomas, I think really the key thing is I'm gonna be interested if so. Let's say Cleveland's gonna sign Wade, which they're gonna. Um, I I heard last last month during the Kyrie drama, a source told me that like Cleveland was basically planning on it happening before training camp. I, I thought I thought Wade would have gotten bought out sooner than he actually did. Um, so I think I think that's gonna happen. Like Ward uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said, probably by Wednesday. Uh, we'll see, Wade. Maybe by the time this podcast goes up, we'll get news for that. The The interesting thing is like, Cleveland's got a lot of guards. How is Tyron Lue going to juggle all those guards? you got Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas, even Jose Calderon signed there, probably expecting minutes. you got a lot of mouths to feed. Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith. Are you going to be playing smaller this year? Or are we going to see more small ball from the Cleveland Cavaliers where – Thompson is the guy who maybe gets less playing time, and and Kevin Love shifts up to the five, and LeBron plays more four, and we see more guard-oriented lineups. Because I think that might be the way to really get these guys all with the minutes that they need and deserve, um, but also create more space for the team. Because that's that's what was the key for Isaiah Thomas last year in Boston. When Al Horford spaced the floor and was at the five, there was so much space on the floor. And if Thompson is on the floor with Dwayne Wade – there's not going to be a lot of spacing out there for Isaiah to do what he did in Boston, assuming he's healthy. So I think if you're Cleveland, you're going to want to try to play smaller and faster. And you have you have the gu- the guards that can help you do that. Um it's a matter of how good some of these guys are. I'm not too high at all on Derrick Rose at this point in of his career. Um, it depends on how healthy Isaiah Thomas is. It depends on what Dwayne Wade can contribute at his age with a little bit more of a limited role. So there's a lot of questions there, but maybe there's an interesting mix that can work out and really help Isaiah excel um, and kind of continue on the same trajectory that he was on. Yeah, when you,
0: uh, There are going to be those moments where theoretically they could put out um, – you know if wade as we expect signs up there i mean you think about the, the star power of the last five to ten years and i know like we clearly nobody thinks of derrick rose the same way but he was still once upon a time an mbp of the league right and when you throw them all out there it's like wade and lebron and love and maybe isaiah thomas and derrick rose i mean you're just looking at these are massive, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, forget whatever their game is at the current moment. These are like big celebrities, star power guys uh, that are out there at the same time. Like even their even their dregs or even even their guys that are coming off the bench, like they got a freaking former MVP that's coming off the bench, you know? I mean, it's just, and, and I could not help but think, I, I don't know if you saw some of Wade's talk about after the buyout with Chicago, one of the things he mentioned was I don't know if we're in this spot if – how does it play out if Rondo doesn't go down? And I can't help but think to myself, you know, and you know I talked about that series. They were up 2-0. Who
1: cares?
0: Uh, <laughs> huh? That's, that was in April. No. That, that's, that's my thought. It's no, like, but th- think right about the way it's played out since. <laughs> what, what is Boston's offseason if that happens? And what is Chicago's? If that happens, I, all I'm saying is <laughs> Wade and Butler might still be in Chicago if they beat Boston and Rondo, for that yeah. matter. They may all three be in Boston. Who knows if Gordon and then they'd, be run,
1: they'd still be running on the playoff treadmill. They'd still be straddling their way in the middle well, of then the they league. They might be, but, but I'm that, saying that's what that, would be.
0: that series had and that injury possibly had a massive effect on the NBA. That's what I'd say. That Wade would Maybe. not be going yeah, to Cleveland. I,
1: I, I think they still would have lost the series in all likelihood. But but at the same time, even, even if the series went like seven, right? If it, if it went seven, let's just say. And let's say every game was super, super, super competitive. Went down to the wire, right? To the final buzzer. Maybe even then, even if they, had, they still lost, it would have been a little different heading into the summer. But would that be for the best for Chicago? Could it, could it have been a blessing in disguise? That they lost that series. I mean, I'm just trying to play a little devil's advocate here, but I mean, I, I don't like the deal that they made trading for, um, uh, Markkinen. With you know, the I mean, deal. listen, you I, know where I am. I hate you that know, deal, but. I know you know where I am on this. My answer
0: would be unequivocally no. It would not be better. It, it's not better because I come from the point of view. You see the way I know you. You're, you know, it's title or bust. But on the other hand, if I'm a Chicago, <laughs> if, if I'm a, if I'm a Chicago fan, I go at least I got to go to the damn arena or tune in at night and Mm -hmm. I get to root for Jimmy Butler and I get to root for Dwayne Wade and yeah, the team's frustrating, but look at who they're either going to the stands to watch or watching on TV (laughs) this year. And when does this, and you don't trust your front office and you don't know you're, you're worried about your coach and like, look up and down my roster. Like what a, what am I rooting for? B, like, what's the, what's happening here? Like, where, what, what's the, what's the end you know, game? How long is it going to be till you know I watch how, somebody win again?
1: You know how they do the introductions, and they do like this, they announce the star player last. Who, who's the fifth guy they announce with their opening that starting lineup? Is it like Bobby Portis?
0: <laughs> uh, Who, who's
1: the last guy they announce? All right, hold if on Lowry Marketing doesn't start, who's their fifth guy? Chris Dunn. I think it's, it's Zach Levine. It's it's Robin the, Lopez. No, it's, it's Zach Levine probably won't be playing because the torn ACL. So if okay. Levine's out, I if mean, Levine's out, I mean, who is it? I, I, <laughs> Robin I, Lopez?
0: No, I think it's I, – I, I. this is sick, but it's probably Miritich just because he's been there.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it could be Miritich. That's true. Right, no, He's the elder <laughs> statesman. Oh, man, that's sad. They're going to be really sad this year. <laughs>
0: I mean, what is your way? I mean, you just got to hope that Levine comes back and is, you know, A, a turns into a better slash different player, which may be um, far-fetched, or that – and then you got to – I mean, Chris Dunn becoming a star is really, like, your only hope. Like, that Chris Dunn turns out to be an
1: extremely awesome NBA player. And that. All I'll say to Chicago Bulls fans, just watch a lot of college basketball this year. Watch a lot of college basketball and feel good about watching Michael Porter and and DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley and, and, and watch some international basketball and feel good about watching Luka Doncic. I mean, just watch those guys and imagine them in a Bulls uniform and you will feel really good when you watch the Bulls lose. That, that's all I have to say. Just watch those guys and feel good about the Bulls losing this year. I think most it's all pe- for the best
0: all right let me let me get back to the mellow thing because um, I think most people 's expectations or where or their predictions for the upcoming season were that nothing will change regarding where people have the Warriors. People will still have the Warriors as the number one team in the Western Conference. What goes on behind them will be a source of debate. I think most people had Houston second after the Chris Paul acquisition going into uh this past weekend i kind of feel like a lot of people have switched on that right i think you will see more people and 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 then the spurs become like the forgotten team right <laughs> they were they somehow they become the forgotten team uh the team that people keep pushing down the list but don't you think if most people had uh houston as the number 2 team behind golden state I guessed. What do you think will happen with most of those predictions? And has your mind changed at all?
1: Um, you know, I still have Houston second. I've had Oklahoma ahead of Oklahoma City in San Antonio. Um, I'd still probably have San Antonio ahead of Oklahoma City just by a hair because of their sense system and continuity, and we've seen it for. 18 19 20 years um running that no matter who they plug into their system that they those guys just happen to elevate their play and excel and let's be let's be serious here We also can't discount the possibility that Kawhi Leonard continues getting better. Um, I think that needs to be factored into the conversation with San Antonio as well. He's made improvements every year of his career. He's only turned 26 this summer. There's no saying that he's not capable of elevating his play further than he did even last year. So I think that, that for me, keeps them at at three. So I'm still at Warriors one, Rockets two, San Antonio three, and Oklahoma City four, Um, but Oklahoma City certainly did a good job helping close the gap though with that deal.
0: I mean, and we have to remember last year San Antonio won 61 games and that included yeah. losing hey that yeah. includes losing 4 of their last 5. I mean, going into mm-hmm. the last week of the season, they were 60 and 17. 60 and 17.
1: The, yeah. They, and, they I mean, were they, like a game behind the Warriors for large portions of the season for best record. I mean, they were like hair and, uh just right next to them a large majority of the season. But so
0: you would have San Antonio. You then this did not. I mean, didn't you wouldn't you have had Oklahoma City four prior to this weekend? The Carmelo Anthony yeah. acquisition yep. did not move the needle at all for in terms in terms yeah. of playoff seed for you.
1: No, I mean, it moved the needle in terms of this team is more of a competitor than, than they were before the trade, but it it didn't move the needle in terms of ranking. So like, like one, two, three, four is the same, right? But if you're like grading the teams, like let's say the Warriors are 100 and the Rockets are like a, uh, and ninety, and the, and the Spurs are like a eighty-four. Maybe the Thunder are now like a eighty instead of a seventy-two. You know what I mean? Like th- they moved up in terms of how I feel about them, but they have they didn't necessarily move up the rankings. So they they got better. Don't get me wrong; they definitely got better. God, and I don't know. I, think they're I don't know. Better Kev, set up to have success in the playoffs.
0: I don't know, Kev, man. They had they had forty-seven wins last year, and that's without Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got to think those guys are worth, and I know that the kid averaged a triple-double, uh, Westbrook, but still, I mean, they uh, they had 47 last year. It wasn't like, it's almost like, you know, at some points we kind of think that uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder were a team struggling to get into the playoffs or maybe like a 500-level a team. I mean, they, they won 47 with what they had last year, and now you're adding... Whatever you wherever you want to say Carmelo is ranked, that's fine. Everybody has a super high opinion of Paul George. Paul George is you know he's been the best player on what has been a really good team, a team that made an Eastern Conference Finals appearance um, a few years back. Um, which by the way, either one of them probably make the Eastern Conference Finals. That's you know that Knicks team, that super bizarre fifty plus win team. I mean had a shot they <laughs> had a shot at the East Finals right the Pacers yeah. beat them <laughs> right uh the Pacers beat them uh with that whole Carmelo going to the rim and Hibbert meeting him at the rim um and and that game those games that went down to the wire but bizarrely that Knicks team could have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals that all just fell apart after that season um but i mean you're talking about two outstanding basketball players and you're adding that to Westbrook and a team that already won forty seven. I don't know, man. I think they could. I mean, there's a chance if they figured that thing out, they could be devastating for sure.
1: I, I have a know. question for you, Chris. Would, would, yeah would you Would you put any of the top four Eastern Conference teams ahead of any of those four Western Conference teams? I'm talking about Cleveland, Toronto, Washington, and Boston. Would Would any of those four be ahead of? Any of the four top four west teams in your eyes regular season or the whole thing, yeah I guess like I just just general power rankings during the year, I mean, like, kinda like what the context we were discussing uh I mean w- I do
0: not think LeBron would win the west, so that's for certain, so now the question is, would they be better than two, three, or four, and I would say, I would not think you're insane. If you thought now again, I gotta know that they're just gonna go all out. Because we know they didn't go all out last year. I mean, that's a team that yeah. didn't didn't care if they had home court advantage. It did not come back to bite them, so I guess in some sense they're validated. Might have played longer series than they would have if they would have had home court. Um but yeah, if if you told me Cleveland this upcoming year, um in the end, when it comes time to bank on who's, like, let's say let's say something catastrophic happened to the Warriors, they lost a couple guys, and they're not going to be the finals rep. I mean, if they had Wade, I think my opinion would be on the surface, I would pick the Cavs over any of the other three. If I frame it that way, I would pick the Cavaliers. If you told me, let's just fast forward, let's act like the season just happened. And But the Warriors aren't going to be there because of extenuating circumstances. They got beat. um, So they're not the rep. So it's going to be the Spurs, it's going to be the Rockets, or it's going to be the Thunder. I think I, w- I would pick the Cavs over any of those three. And then if you told me
1: the Warriors are going to be there, obviously I'm taking the Warriors. As we're talking about this, Chris, you're mentioning, like, regular season or playoffs. I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be nice if the regular season, like, had more importance? I mean, we're talking about, like, Cleveland coasting into the playoffs. I mean, I, I wish the NBA had, like, a-, a bye week for the top two seeds like the NFL does or something like that. Because then-, then you would have these teams, they would have to fight to get one of those top two seeds in order to get a bye week or something it's like that. It's interesting you say uh, that because I—, I- That'd be I- cool. Was- I
0: was actually thinking about this the other day because I am one of those that grew up in a totally different uh, structure of which many of the uh, baseball lifers uh, clung on, uh, clinged onto in a, in a great, great way. Right. People, baseball was so, um, so serious about its traditions as were its longtime fans. And so it was division. You had to win your division to be, playing in that or you had to uh you'd 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 win your division to be playing in the playoffs or uh teams the only time you would ever play against another league is when you got to the world series and so they had to take these steps um throughout the last several years and so i'm saying that for a reason i am a st louis cardinals fan right um i don't talk a lot of uh, of baseball it's not like something that i um Like I have a fantasy team of which I've, you know, I've been in a fantasy league for years and years and years and years. And I don't really like in terms of where I've been, the market I've been in football and basketball are so huge and baseball is not huge. And it's kind of like what I it's, it's weirdly like the sport that I don't talk about that much, but it's kind of an escape. I just get to watch it for fun. Right. I don't feel like I have to. Um, I keep up with the team, whatever. So I've been a Cardinals fan for a long time, and obviously they've been great for a long time. But this particular year, like they're playing the Cubs, right, uh, tonight and tomorrow on ESPN, and then uh, they have four games after that with the Brewers. I have hated this season, right? They've just been uh, – it's been frustrating. Their bullpen has blown like 30 games. And there's a point to this, and that is they still have a chance at the wild card because of that st- stupid thing they put in years ago, Right. There's two teams that have a shot at that, and so even if it's just for the end and their season is epically long, like I have to like they've roped me back into caring for this last like week because they might make the playoffs of which I thought they had no chance in hell for most of the season. but now they do. And so I was trying to think about that in terms of basketball, like if there's something you could do like that. And I'm never one that's yes, particularly yeah. cared. Like the, it is kind of goofy they play 162, and if you get that second wild card, you play a one-game playoff to see <laughs> who gets to go play the top seed, right? So that's kind of the position they're in right now. And I was trying to think if there's a way, basketball-wise, because it because it did not make me care there about is, the regu- There is, it, yeah, it didn't there's make me care way. about the it didn't make me care about the regular season for the Cardinals much more. But I'll be damned if it didn't make me care about this last week and a half more, right? <laughs> it well, just did. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I wrote for last week on the Ringer. We we did our our preview week, League Hack Week, and and I I did something on there that was kind of about ideas from nba executives coaches trainers whoever and so my favorite idea was from a player manager and i'm just gonna read straight from the article but this is what he suggested it's exactly what i think you're kind of hinting on here chris a playoff wild card play play in tournament what he said was allow teams who had no chance of making the playoffs to get in NCAA tournament style. It could be a one-game playoff, like Major League Baseball uses with its wild card matchup, or it could be more like March Madness with all four lower seeds up for grabs in one-game tournaments. The hope is it would add excitement to the bottom half of the league. The play-in game and the potential extra playoff games, should that team advance, would add more revenue, too. And so, basically, like there's so many different ways you could go with that. You could put you could put like the bottom eight... C- eight teams that would normally miss the playoffs into a one-game tournament. You could put, like, seeds eight through 12 into a one-game tournament to get the just the eight seed up for grabs, and that would create excitement in the latter half of the season because, like, imagine um, the heat were so hot at the end of the year, right? The whole second half of the season. If you had them in, like, a one-game playoff against the Bulls for the eight seed, that would have been really cool to watch, I think. I mean, for, the, for that fight for the final spot, I think it would have been fun.
0: I think uh whoever you talk to they they might have uh, ganked our boss's idea. You know, uh once upon a time I remember Bill wrote this, you know, for a long time he was talking about that what he called the uh entertaining as hell um tournament. And he was the uh the breakdown was I think I can't recall uh what how, how he exactly broke it down, but he had like, you know, uh you know, uh, it was it was it was the same thing. Number one versus number 16. Um, the top seven seeds in each conference. This is what Bill w- was always writing about. I went back and pulled up a, a, yeah, a grant. I a, see it now. A yep. grant. <laughs> you're right. so, so whoever you're talking <laughs> yep. to just ganked him. The top seven seeds <laughs> you're right. In, in each conference make the playoffs. A single elimination tournament for the
1: last two playoff spots. Yeah, that is too funny. That's unbelievable. That is perfect. That, that's that really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I think it's, a, it's a great idea. It's no, a really as, good idea.
0: As you're, as you're
1: reciting it, I'm like,
0: I think this is that's Bill <laughs> Simmons. I'm pretty sure Bill Simmons has that's been from, talking about this We're like that's a decade. From,
1: that's from 20, uh, you, you got the 2011 article pulled up? Yeah, he he, years he ago. originally proposed if, it, I think,
0: in 07, right? Yeah
1: that i don't know that is too funny it's a good idea though and i think it would add excitement to the league and i mean even beyond that i mean it's like kirk goldsberry talked about this before on Grantland. if you just get rid of the damn conferences you have a 1 to 16 playoff tournament i just don't think i mean look the nba is so great right now it would be risky to change things but at the same time, just because things are great doesn't mean you can't make it better. Because if things are great and you kind of are just become complacent, they can get worse, too. Just kind of look at the NFL as an example for that, how how, how the game has kind of degraded in recent I years. Do, um, I, what- do, I do wonder,
0: Kevin, because as, as time goes on, um, if, 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 the, if that might actually get more traction. And the reason I say that is because... You are, if they de-incentivize teams sucking, right, given the lottery reform, um, and you have so many of these guys, if this becomes commonplace, where the best players, somehow, some way, end up uh, going to play with each other, right, that, we, that this becomes very common. It was just the beginning years ago, but that you, are, you aren't going to see guys with just their own teams and then a couple other guys you're gonna see uh, guys make decisions together, which will absolutely happen next summer. There will be package deals and decisions to go play with each other. just like Wade is about to go play with LeBron again in Cleveland or next summer, these guys you know there's rumors all of these guys may go to the Lakers together or all of these guys may go and play with whoever together. Um, that th- if that becomes commonplace, um, like Durant went and joined up with the Warriors last year, do you have a lot of franchises saying, we got to find other ways for our fans to stay engaged the whole season? Because there's there becomes Absolutely. an immense amount of teams that sit back at the beginning. And unlike the NFL where hope springs eternal and you feel like you always got a chance, in the NBA, you theoretically could have a lot of teams. Unless you're a Jets fan. Yeah, The right. Right. Um. <laughs> Or, or for that matter, a, a, a Rams fan, which I always kind of, you know, I, I always kind of defend St. Louis on that. I mean, I went back and looked. Do you know that they had not had a damn winning season in thirteen years? Like, find me the city that would support that. I mean, I mean it's hey, impossible. I mean, hey, it hey, is hey. impossible to suck in the NFL for like five years in a row. Jay, much J- less
1: Jared Goff is looking pretty good so far. They're two and one, man.
0: But Jared I know, Goff is I know. looking I know. better in a second year. I know. Well, no, he's got the. Freaking 31 year old quarterback whisperer playing uh, that is his coach there in in, in LA. Uh, That's, uh, true. Mc, That's true. That's true. McVay guy. And they got Wade Phillips as their defensive coordinator, which, by the way, fun fact every team that Wade Phillips has gone to for like the last 19 years, and he's been to several, has made the playoffs. Like he is the defensive Merlin. The guy is. He is so good, and their defense has sucked, you know, in these last couple of games for sure. But he is great at what <laughs> he does. To turn
1: the, not, not to turn into the not to turn into the Ring NFL Show for yeah, a minute, right. but when you think hey, about hey, their sh- core, if sh- if golf is yeah, good, yeah, Todd Gurley, out. Robert yeah. Woods, yeah, Sammy yeah, Watkins, I mean, they get some good weapons on that offense. I'm
0: coming, I'm coming for that <laughs> Just neck. Saying. Hey, 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 Robert Mays, <laughs> Kevin Clark, Tate Lombardi, <laughs> I'm coming for that neck bone. I'm taking that show, too. (laughs) Uh, No, all right. My original point is most NFL franchises can go into the season with some level of hope. If this becomes commonplace, and so many of the best players are always just playing with each other as collections on these teams, um, then you can have a lot of teams and fans of teams that go into the season and know my team has no shot at winning a title this year. Right? Right? And that becomes mm-hmm. more prevalent. And so do you do they look to other ways to make everybody more engaged throughout the season? Right? It is the one yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It is the I mean, obviously you feel like you're really up against it when you're talking about, you know, Cleveland and Boston. But it is the one bright spot if I'm a fan of an Eastern Conference team, right? It's like Let's say it all fell into place. If, like say Nets huge...
1: fans have hope for the playoffs. Nets fans have hope for the playoffs. That says it all, really.
0: Right? Or like, like hey, get let's say seed. Let's say you've gone through the you've gone through the, the wars of having to watch all these sixty lost seasons and you're a Sixers fan. Like, like this is this could happen right now. Not when and not yep. you know, but like your team could actually be in the playoffs and get playoff experience this year. And unmo- and most decades or scenarios a team that young still they ain't ready right to be to be making playoffs um yet especially because the big minutes are going to be played by guys like a Fultz like a Simmons um even Embiid for that matter has only got 31 games logged like guys that just don't have experience even Durant and Westbrook you know took a couple years before they're you know a team that's playing in the playoffs uh but like that is the one you know shining light of all these stars moving off and so many of these teams not being any good um, is that you've got to, you know, there's a lot more teams that I don't know who you could be a fan of in the East. I guess if you're Chicago, you got like no hope, right?
1: Knicks, probably no hope, but I could see. Yeah. I mean, may, maybe if poor Zingis becomes like a 28 point program score out of nowhere, I mean, he just totally puts the team on his back. Maybe if that's what happens and he stays healthy, but yeah, yeah maybe. I, would, and, and I, I guess Bulls no chance. I, Pacers a, maybe no chance. No, yeah, I I'd know, have but a tough time. I, I, I'm re, I'm still reluctant to still say n- no chance though. <laughs> I, I know, mean, at no, least there's always but, a chance. <laughs> but
0: you would, but you would admit if we're if we're Indiana fans, probably if we're Hawk fans, you got a tough time talking yourself into. Yeah, it, you know. Yep. But i you, you better yeah. believe Miami but fans. That's really Detroit. about it. No, if you're a fan of Miami, Detroit, Charlotte. Uh, uh, Orlando, I'd still be pretty down. Like, I mean, what, what, no, nah, I don't, <laughs> right. It'd
1: be Pretty hard to I, foresee. Well, I, mean, a, who, I mean, who's going to drop out of the playoffs this year? Atlanta drops out, Indiana and Chicago. So there's like three new spots up for glad for grabs. So Miami eases into one of them. Yeah. Um. Then you get the two, two others up for grabs. I'm Charlotte, probably Sh- putting money on Philly I mean, is Char- one of them and Charlotte is the other. Yeah. Yeah. No so matter, maybe, anybody. maybe if maybe if Philly Philly doesn't really live up to expectations, if Embiid doesn't stay healthy, if you know Simmons gets off to a slow start, then maybe that other spot is up for grabs for somebody else. I think you're right. But I think Charlotte should get in. They should. We'll see what happens. I'll with tell that, you
0: this: though. with, with the, given the insanity of the whole last weekend, with that you know the 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 Trump and the Curry and the Warriors stuff, and then we had the Hoodie Mello getting moved to Oklahoma City, and then we have. Uh, By today, we're talking about, inevitably, by the next time we're talking, more than likely, uh, Dwayne Wade is going to be a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Holy mackerel. I mean, this thing, this thing stayed hot and something was going on. There was a little break in August when most every national NBA writer, like, clocked out and many were out of the country. And and then that whole uh, Cavs and Celtics thing happened. Um but I think since the season ended, since we saw the Warriors hold up that trophy, all the way to now, which should usually be pretty silent given training camps opening, right? Nothing has been settled like this has been uh and I'm not using hyperbole, the most insane off season I can ever remember. I mean, I it all the way to literally this morning we're talking about a guy who has got rings who has made tons of all-star teams just deciding who he's going to go latch on with in Dwayne Wade and in any other you know in any other world all uh, in most any other offseason any of these stories just dominates all conversation and instead it feels like we've had two or three a week by the time Donald Trump rescinds an invitation to the world champions we're already talking about Carmelo and Dwayne Wade, right?
1: Dude, it's it's a it's a wild, wild we world we live in now. Just period. Just the world is crazy in the NBA. For NBA fans, where NBA is a big part of your world, it was just extra crazy. I mean, it was it was really just like we were in a tornado the entire summer, and um, we are going to be constantly getting swirled around with constant news. It was wild. And obviously the solemn prayer for anybody
0: and all of these you know fans of the NBA uh you know at large and also fans of specific teams the only thing we pray for is right the next these games are going to start about a week from today training camps are this week and that woohoo by but that you know you knock on wood and you just pray that by next Tuesday we're not talking about how our opinions have already been altered greatly because of some godforsaken injury right that's what you hope you hope you can yeah. get out of this preseason, uh, get out of these training camps, get out of these preseasons without, you know, with, without losing some of the big guns that uh, that we, you know, now we're going to get to see play together and uh, play for these different teams. And I mean, there's so much friggin intrigue. I can't wait for the season to start. now, like preseason games are starting a week from uh, or less than a week away. I mean, they'll be starting by this weekend.
1: Crazy. It's Already here, it came fast, man. There, there was no off season. it was just a full, full 12 calendar season. It, it was fun. I'm, so we, I'm, I'm looking forward to actual games being played, though. And then we get an early trade deadline February 6th. February 6th is the new deadline before All Star break, so rumors could be starting up earlier during the season. Um, could see trades happening sooner. Those random January trades could instead happen maybe in December. Um, uh, that'll be interesting to see. I as am well. ready for regular it, it's not a stop. I, I'm ready for
0: regular season games, too, though I will. I'll be watching preseason basketball. I've already got a circle, Kevin. I'm going to go watch the Grizzlies' big three of Conley, Gasol, and Parsons take on the Orlando Magic next Monday night. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> is Chandler, how many games is Chandler Parsons playing this year? I hope he stays healthy. He I'm does. Me. He, you said, he said how he many? Feels-
0: he said he feels great. He said he feels great. Best I he's hope, felt. Hey, I hope hey, he feels every, great. Everybody feels great at Media Day. Best he's felt in three years. Watch out. <laughs> and it, by the way, anybody who wants to go, that good ticket's still available. <laughs> like, uh, like all of them. Like all of them. <laughs> Grizzly, Grizzly's magic preseason. It's I can't wait. I've got it circled. <laughs> they gotta get, get your Michael Green back, baby. You ain't lying. They gotta get him back. Kevin. You have an unbelievable week, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, brother. You too, Chris. That was fun. Thanks to all of our Ringer NBA show listeners. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes. We will talk to you next week.